Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. Good afternoon. Let me just get the PowerPoint set up here. I'm showing you the end of the PowerPoint. There we go. And it's amazing when the technology works. It's God's grace. So I thought of this topic because I was trying to think of something Krishna conscious and practical. Because we all make uh, decisions, and sometimes we have tough decisions to make. And we are all faced with challenging situations in our lives, and some of them are really challenging. So I thought we would talk about that and begin by the first few slides that I have are about just, you know, setting the context. And the context is that we have choices in our life. And those choices are given to us by God, by Krishna. Um, and we're going to learn uh, three, look at three verses that discuss this point about choice from uh, the Bhagavad Gita. And first from the 18th chapter, where Krishna says that, you know, if we become conscious of him, then everything goes smoothly. And if we don't become conscious of him, if we, if we do not uh, work in such consciousness, but we act through our false conception of ourselves right, and our selfish desires, then we're not in very good shape. And that's what this, this verse is saying. So Krishna's um, giving this, he often does this in the Bhagavad Gita. He gives, uses contrast. Contrast is a very uh, excellent way to present things. Uh, if you do this, you get this result. If you do that, you get that result. Mm -hmm. and, at the, and in the same chapter, just uh, five verses later, after Krishna has spoken almost 700 verses, he tells Arjuna, okay, I, I've told you all this really good information. Now, do what you wish to do. Again, choice. He doesn't say, you know, gun to the head, do this or else. He, he explains the benefits of doing one thing and the detriments of doing something else. And then he says, uh, as they say in India, as you like. Right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, comparing our two choices comes up interestingly in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna talks about the, um, uh, the consciousness of someone who is trying to be spiritual and the consciousness of someone who's not trying to be spiritual. Okay, and he says, what is night for most people, right, is the time of awakening for someone who's seeking self-realization. And the time of awakening for all beings is night for the introspective sage. And I may have told this story before, but um, I really remembered this verse a lot. I was in Hong Kong and in the Kualum side of Hong Kong, if you've been to Hong Kong before, and our, that's where our temple is. But they don't really have facility for staying overnight, so I was staying at a guest house about you know, three or four blocks away. But between the guest house and the temple are a number of nightclubs. 
So I would wake up at four in the morning because the first uh, service in the morning in practically in all of our temples begins at 4.30 in the morning, including our temple here. And so I woke up at four, put on my dhoti and kurta, this uh, devotional clothes, we call it. And I uh, was walking towards the temple. And that's four o'clock is when the, uh, when the nightclubs close in Hong Kong. So there I was, all shaven and you know, uh, you know, feeling very clean and chanting Hare Krishna on my on my beads, and these other people were kind of stumbling out of uh, the nightclubs, often in different uh, levels of uh, inebriety, uh, of uh, drunken state. And I thought of this verse: <laughs> not that I'm any great self-controlled person or anything, but you know, in comparison, I was doing pretty good, right? <clears throat> Um, and also uh, thinking about this presentation, and I was um, I was really into New England literature uh, when I was becoming uh, interested in Krishna consciousness, and even spent a semester in New Hampshire. And I and this, of course, is uh, an excerpt from a famous uh, poem by Robert Frost, where he says that two roads diverge in a, in, in a wood, and I I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So in, in, you, we could say that Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita is telling us to take the road less traveled on. Not the, not the road that everyone kind of takes and just be, you know, like lemmings and just follow, you know, do what everybody else is doing. He's telling us instead to take a road that sometimes is less traveled on, the, the road of spirituality, the road of bhakti, the road of, of devotion. And uh, in that regard... Um, let's, I'd like everyone to just take a moment to think of a difficult circumstance in your life. Um, either something you're going through now or maybe something that you've gone through in the past and a situation where there was uh, a good deal of uncertainty. You, you weren't sure whether to turn left or right. So take 15 seconds to try to get that in your mind because it might be nice to keep that example in your own life as we're going through the rest of the presentation. So take 15 seconds to think about that. Fifteen seconds can seem like a long time, can it, when it's silence? <laughs> That was 17 seconds, to be exact. Um, and maybe before we go on, in, in general terms, without getting too personal, um, anyone would be willing to share the example they came up with? Who would be willing to do that? Yes? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna, everybody. Um, I'm going to tell you that just happened yesterday. Um, I'm working, driving my bus, you know, and... There is a point where I can't handle no more. Means the people are very rough, you know, they're cursing and all this stuff. And one of my stops, I got five minutes. I grabbed my cell and I wrote on Facebook, please, Lord Krishna, I need your mercy. Okay, so, you, you so know, the difficult situation was uh, driving the bus and it was too much. I don't need all the details, but. You know, but real yeah. quick. And then I go, and then I go, <laughs> um, help me to get tolerance. Two blocks away. I get two Indian couples, and they start, Hare Krishna Prabhu, Hare Krishna Prabhu, Hare Krishna Prabhu. 
everything gone. Very good. Okay. I was just looking for the circumstance, but now we got the purport of the circumstance. So thank you for that. One or two more. Okay. Uh, Chamanji? You, I'll, yeah, don't, I'll just repeat it. This morning. You had a two-hour meeting? More than two hours, okay. With your son. Trying to get him to make, uh, make some difficult decisions? Okay, thank you. Yeah. Right, so we, I mean, and I'm sure we, everyone, I, I'm, I'm assuming that everyone in this room has some circumstances they can think of um, and some situations of uncertainty. So let's, let's, so keep those in your mind. Um, so let's talk about the, fir the first path that uh, Mr. Frost was talking about, the, the path that most of us take on our day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we often think that I'm only going to be happy if these circumstances change. Right? Whatever it is, some, there's some um, external circumstances going on in my life, I need to adjust them, I need to change. Mm -hmm. And naturally, we, I mean, this is not bad. We start planning to make those changes. And we may also develop some uh, anxiety, especially if we assume it's not going to be easy to, make the, to change the circumstances. They're not going to change. It's going to get worse, right? Do you ever, we, uh, we, we get anxious in our mind, right? Like uh, that Mark Twain quote that so many terrible things have happened in my life and even some of them actually took place, right? Because in our mind, we, we, we develop this uh, anxiety about the future, right? Now, Krishna also talks about that in the Bhagavad Gita, where he says, nasoshati, uh, he says that, the, the, that our tendency is to worry about the future, is to, uh, is to hanker, is the words that uh, our founder used to, to translate that. We hanker about the future. We, worry about the future. And we may even develop, you know, some fear. So that's, that's the general path that we take when we're thinking about circumstances. Naturally, we think about the practical ways we can deal with them, how we can adjust to them. And we may, in many cases, get some anxiety or even some fear around that. So now we're going to talk about a different path. And uh, we, this is something that uh, myself and my friend uh, Shonaka Rishi Prabhu, you if you recall, he sometimes comes here every summer. He's from Oxford. Uh, he's a good friend. So we, often when we're talking to each other on the phone or on Skype these days, we talk about this. We talk about the blue boy factor, the, uh, which we, you know, of course, the blue boy is Krishna, the supreme personality of God. He's not just any ordinary blue boy. He's the supreme Lord. But that the, the idea that when things are happening in our life, to be conscious that Krishna, that God has a hand in that. That's the, what we call the blue boy factor. So often, Shonaka and I will be talking and say, well, I wonder what Krishna has in store for you. I wonder what that blue boy has in, t in store for you. And we, we talk about uh, that. So let's talk about that path. And by the way, I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking there's going to be a good deal of time for questions. So... Uh, think that you can start thinking about them now. Uh, what about the road less traveled, the, the, the spiritual path? Hmm? So we want to 
uh, as, as devotees uh, of Krishna that have come here this Sunday, we want to apply principles that can measurably, I use, I use that word measurably very, uh, um, uh, in a very pointed way, measurably change our lives. Whether or not the circumstances change, whether or not the world changes around us. So separate from changing the circumstances, apply principles that can actually change our life. Uh, and then developing this idea that Krishna has a plan for me, that, that I have this relation, this personal relationship with the Supreme Lord, and he cares about me, and there, he has a plan. And also that in times of difficulty, this is really where the, you know, what is they saying, the rubber meets the road? This is really where the challenge comes, because when times of difficulty, we really do have that, fork in the road. I won't quote Yogi Berra who said, if you come to a fork in the road, pick it up. But, uh, <laughs> um, and, we, and in difficult times, it's a great opportunity actually to become much closer to the Lord. But we have to be smart. We have to be intelligent. We have to be spiritual because we can, it's very easy to go in the other direction and just say, you know, even maybe lose faith or just say, well, I'm going to deal with this in my way and, you know, Krishna, you know, bhagme, after some time I'll think about you. And uh, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, his teacher, his guru used to say um, that one makes great spiritual progress through the fire of ordeal, through the difficulties that come in our life. They, they aren't like, why is God doing this? We know. The, the, the other path, the path less taken, is this is God, this is Krishna's mercy upon me. What is the lesson? What is the way that I can become closer to him through this difficult situation? And that, admittedly, is not easy, but that's why we are having, talking about it. Because it's, it's, it's a way to make rapid, rapid spiritual progress. Hmm. And thinking that, okay, circumstances are created by our karma, our previous activities, and as devotees, by Krishna's hand. And what's our focus? Our focus, not so much on the circumstances as much as on our response and our attitude. Do we have an attitude? Oh, God, why me? I'm such a nice person. Oh, gee. Or do we have an, what is it, an attitude of gratitude? Right? So the so much in life is that we have, there's a stimulus, there's things that happen to us, circumstances, difficulties, conflict, fear, and then we react to that in one way or another. And the, the, one of the tricks of being a, becoming a devotee of the Lord, becoming a devotee of Krishna, is having that pause in the middle where we have that choice, where we choose between the, the, the different paths that we can take. Mm. And, we, and, as we, and the reason I uh, had those first three slides is to confirm with us that Krishna, he gives every one of us in this room that choice. Right? He says, I've taught you everything, now do as you wish to do. And if you do this, you get this result. If you do that, you get that result. So he's not forcing us which result we, 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 uh, we which uh, path we take. In the back of our mind, we're usually thinking, well, can I do a little bit of both? 
right? Isn't that what we're kind of thinking? <laughs> um, but, we, but this is an, an important uh, little diagram here because there's so many different stimuli, whether it's we're driving a bus and we're thinking, oh my God, these people that I'm driving a bus, oy. as they say in New York, oy vey, right? Or, or Chaman having a serious and important discussion with his son and that, that whatever brought upon that discussion and then thinking, what is the right way to have this discussion? What will yield the best result? Hmm? So that pause, whether it's a few seconds or whether it's maybe a month, is, is where uh, our free will is exercised. Where we choose what we want to do in life. Otherwise, just doing knee-jerk reactions, that's not too different than the way animals react to their, their stimuli. So we don't want to, an animal has four concerns, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And if we're only thinking about our, our responses based on eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, then we're actually not very advanced. We're actually, sometimes even the scriptures would say so strongly, dwi pada pashu, that word dwi means two, pada means legs, and pashu means animal. So we're actually an, a two-legged animal. So we don't want to be, want to make good spiritual and ethical and honest choices in life. So that pause is really essential. Okay? Uh, here's an example. Right? Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Right? We, can, we, we do experience pains, but how we experience that and how we react to that, that's our choice. That's our free will. Hmm? So we're going to talk at the end about this, because probably some, in some of your minds, say, okay, all this spiritual stuff, but what about practical, the practical things about decisions? We will get to that. But first, let's talk about the spiritual side. Uh, Krishna is telling us to redirect our attention to him to his kindness, to his care for his devotees. Right? If you look at uh, uh, Madan Mohan, the deity in the center here, he's leaning over to Radharani. The, 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 and that, that example is given that Krishna is very inclined to his devotees. Uh, she, our, our founder would say, if we take one step towards Krishna, he takes hundreds of steps towards us. So he's a uh, uh, suridam sarvabhutanam. He's a surit, the friend of us. He's our friend. So, and he, his, acts, his acts are acts of kindness. And he's strong. He's the most strong. Uh, someone tried to stump our founder, Srila Prabhupada, by saying, well, Krishna, can he create something so heavy that he can't lift it? And then he said, yes, he can do that. And then he said his, his brother, Balaram, he'll lift it. <laughs> so you like that one, huh? I have a good student right here. <laughs> yes. So um, it's, it's wonderful if you think of the, of the Lord as having all strength and all kindness. Imagine if someone was very kind but not very able to do much for you. Eh, that's nice. Or if someone is uh, very powerful, can do anything, but isn't a very nice person, that would be a problem. But the combination is wonderful. 
So it's a, quite a meditation that we can make, that, that Krishna is so powerful that he can even purify our hearts. Because I'm sure many of us, we look in the mirror and we think, oh my God, right? And that we have an eternal relationship with him. So, you know, the, the, uh, the difficult, the circumstances of our life are happening on this level, right? And they're important. They have to be dealt with in a responsible way. Yet there's another existential level of existence that's eternal, that's way beyond, you know, even this lifetime, so we, do, we don't want to get so caught up in the trees that we don't see the forest, right? You know that saying, you don't see the forest in the trees, right? And we have to uh, have some faith in his timing. You ever notice that Krishna has a different watch than you have? <laughs> have you ever noticed that, right? You're going through something and you're saying, Krishna, come on, you know, give me a break. This has been like two weeks, yeah, and for you know, and when you think of eternity, two weeks is like you know, and Krishna has the view of of eternity. But trusting his timing is part of the process. Sometimes, like I mentioned before, we do have to act immediately. Sometimes we want, may want to wait and see if we get some direction from the Lord about how to act in whatever circumstance you all have in mind uh, when we discussed this earlier. So we are asked to trust Krishna's timing and perhaps even more importantly to really have that faith that we're not alone we're not forgotten we're not abandoned there may be times when we may feel that way and that's where we have to turn more to devotees turn more to the scriptures become more prayerful it's, it's a time to make advancement not to say oh I give up this is the last straw, Krishna. Hmm. And to also understand, and this is this again, these are all spiritual faith, that many things are happening beyond our purview. Right? The young child doesn't understand all the arrangements. The, what, what is that uh, what is the fancy term for when you put aside money for your child's uh, tuition? You know, 503 or what is it? 529. Okay, so, you know, a five-year-old child doesn't know about the 529 and all that. All that's going on behind, behind his or her purview, right? When they're 17 or 18, they're very happy. They, they, oh, 529, this is very important, right? right? Or have you ever had the experience, uh, and we've talked about this before, that you're going through something and it's really hard. And what does Krishna want from me? What am I supposed to do in this situation? And then... You look back at that situation six months ago, uh, six months later, or two months later, and in hindsight, you see, oh, that was Krishna's mercy, right? You have, we all have twenty-twenty hindsight often in in our lives, um, but to have that faith that things are happening beyond this, around the curve, that I may not see, and. Finally, to think of Krishna more than the problem, more than the circumstance. That's not easy, but that's Krishna's recommendation right here in the Bhagavad Gita. He says, Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mam anusma yudyacha. Mayarpita manobud here, mam evaisha shangshaya. So he says that um, the, the second line is the very important one. He says, in all, uh, he says, always think of me 
uh, anusmara means to think of me. And yudya means literally to fight, but in, in, in our case, it means whatever our duties are. Arjuna was a warrior. That was his duty. But we have our different, different duties that we perform in this life. We have our jobs. We have our family responsibilities. We, uh, all of those things are, uh, would be our yudya. Hmm. But here he says, mama nusmara yudya cha. He says, anusmara first, and then yudya. So Krishna is saying, think of me first, and then deal with this world. Usually Krishna is kind of an afterthought. Right? We deal with all the things of this world. I've got to pay my bills. I gotta, taxes are coming up, or uh, this and that, and this and that, and uh, meetings, etc. But here Krishna is saying, think of me first, and then do what you have to do. Because Arjuna had a great responsibility. Being, being a warrior is not just like you know, easy work. It took, take a lot of one's consciousness. But Krishna is saying, no, think of me first. With your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me, you will tame me without doubt. So there's that existential, that, that way beyond this lifetime, you know, in the big picture of things, we attain Krishna by acting in this world, but before we act, thinking of him. Remembering, the, considering the blue boy factor in our lives. Hmm? So before deciding to do something, we may consider our motive. Is my motive a pure one? Is it totally a selfish one? Is it going to bring good to this world? Is it going to bring eh? Or not so good? What is my motive in, in wanting to act right now? In wanting to do this? We, might, we should consider what scriptures say. We were meant to have Shastra. Shastra is another name. For, it's a Sanskrit name for scriptures of Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam, etc. And we're meant to have Shastra Chakshus. We're supposed to see through the eyes of the scripture. Otherwise, we just see according to, we. I like this, I don't like that. Or we see through the eyes of the Washington Post or CNN or whatever, right? But to actually see through the eyes of scripture. Because when we do that, we say, oh, actually, hmm, I'm not this body, I, I'm eternal, I have eternal relationship with God. All that comes into focus when we put on the glasses of Shastra Chakshus. It brought, it, it, our, our, our visions like this and the scriptures go like this and open us, us up to a whole different reality and a different, you know, different path on Robert Frost's poem. Right? Um, before deciding what to do, have I prayed enough? Have I increased? It's a good idea when really difficult situation to actually increase our spiritual practices. increase them. It gives us a sharper, uh, more clear consciousness. Actually, we were just reading, and we have a class from 10.30 to 12 every Sunday, except next Sunday, Memorial Day, but generally, and we're going through the Srimad Bhagavatam, and uh, in one place it said, the friend of the living entity is clear consciousness. You remember that, Jiva, from today? Yes, clear consciousness. Mm. And have I maybe consulted with a trusted friend? You know, sometimes we're so close to a situation, right? We may not see it as clearly as someone who's a little more detached and has a little, you know, is a little bit more up in the balcony looking down at the situation with clearer vision than we are, than we have. And especially if they have some understanding, they have understanding of the Shastra and they have spiritual practices, they can bring that into the conversation. 
But in, in major in major uh, decisions in life, it's good to consult with with trusted friends. Hmm? And as promised, as Krishna said in the in that verse that we quoted, he did say, "And at the same time, carry out your prescribed duties." So there is a practical side. I think I quoted before my professor who used to say, it's okay to have your head in the clouds as long as your feet are on the ground. Right? So we want to, we, not head in the clouds, but we want to have that spiritual uh, viewpoint, but we also need to you know, act practically in this life. Our founder, Srila Prabhupada, was a very practical person as well as a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are different ways, so many different ways to look at a decision in a practical way. I'm just going to present three that I use in my work. Um, this is called a, a force field analysis, where you consider the driving forces to uh, make some change and the restraining forces, and you actually can list them. Right? Uh, Prabhuji might have thought, well, a driving force, you know, uh, is should he keep his job or should he quit, just quit his job because it's so terrible? So a dri- uh, driving force might be all these people, noisy, this and that. And a restraining force may be uh, his mortgage, <laughs> as an example, right? Or car payments or whatever, you know. And so we can think, that's one way to actually think practically when making a decision. Uh, the next two are. Um, from a gentleman named Edward de Bono, who, uh, um, and we can just, or actually uh, before him, Benjamin Franklin even said this, that you can just list the pros and the cons, and you can also list interesting points which may not fit into those two categories. And then, then, then it's, uh, it's very helpful because it's not just in your mind all this kitchery, it's like a kitchery of pros and cons and this and that. You put it on a piece of paper with the nice columns and it becomes sometimes a lot clearer which decision is the most uh, wise. And then if you really want to get fancy, you can have these six different thinking hats. Uh, the blue hat is about process. The white hat is just trying to gather as much information as possible before you make the decision. The red hat is, you know, what is my gut telling me? Or in Krishna Khan, what is super soul uh, uh, trying to direct me, but what is you know what what do I th- just think is the right thing? I get a, a feeling about it, and then the green hat is uh, creative. What could what could be wonderful about making this decision? All the wonderful things that can happen. Uh, the yellow hat is uh, yeah. Well, it's also the benefits, and the black hat's an interesting one, right? What are all the cautions? What could go wrong? Right. And the, I, I do this a lot when I'm doing when I'm facilitating groups, and I say, "Okay, everybody, now put on your black hat." Okay, and then I say, "Now put on your green hat," and they're not supposed to think about the black hat anymore. And by having these different categories, you list it. Sometimes it can really help you make good decisions. So you just Google decision-making tools, and you can find all kinds of practical ways on the practical level to make uh, good decisions. And there's many, many more tools than this. And, but for us here on a Sunday in the temple, our emphasis is on the blue boy factor, right? Because that's we can get those, uh, the Googling the blue boy factor, I don't know what you're going to come up with. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but all the things that we've talked about and seeing Krishna in our life, life becomes exciting. It becomes interesting. It becomes a, an adventure, 
when we, when we let Krishna into it and just say, what does Krishna want me to do? What's the right thing to do? My mind's telling me to do this. You know, my senses are telling me to do that. But, this, but, but the Bhagavad Gita says to do this. And I know that if I do that, I'm going to be happy. When I give in to the lower things, then it's happiness in the beginning and misery in the end. But when I do what Krishna says, sometimes it's a little tough in the beginning, but it's great happiness in the end. This is also mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita. So the last slide, and then I'll take questions, is uh, a, um, it's from a lecture that our founder uh, gave, uh, just a short excerpt um, that kind of summarizes what we've been talking about, where he says that everyone has experienced that hindrances are imposed upon us, right? You don't, you don't want them, but they happen, right? Non-devotees regard these hindrances as mere accidents or chance, but devotees accept them to be acts of the supreme. When faced with hindrances, therefore, devotees pray to the Lord. Devotees endure hindrances, accepting them to be caused by Krishna and regarding them as benedictions. Hare Krishna. <laughs> So what questions and comments do you have at this time? We have Palaka Prabhu. Who has the mics? Right here. 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 Hare Krishna. So this is really a comment more than a question. I knew that. <laughs> no, go ahead. You had mentioned that Shil Prabhupada was very practical. But from a layman's point of view, to get on a steamship, cross the ocean with, as he often said, $1 expenditure in New York City, nowhere to really stay, no idea what he was going to do. He loitered the streets of New York. But on the verse that you quoted from Bhagavad Gita, how he also put Krishna first and just totally depended on Krishna. Yes. How is that practical in our lives? I mean, should we just abandon everything and surrender fully to Krishna? Yes, we should abandon everything and surrender to Krishna intelligently. <laughs> According to our adhikar. Adhikar in Sanskrit means our spiritual el eligibility. So, um, of course, for Shri, that wasn't uh, maybe his most practical, uh, but for, for example, he kept track of finances to, down to the rupee. And uh, one time there was even a story about uh, uh, a devotee uh, was going to, in Vrindavan, for those of you who've been in Vrindavan, he was going to take a rickshaw and hand deliver a letter. And Srila Prabhupada said, how much does a rickshaw cost? And I think it was at that time like three rupees. And he said, how much would it cost to post the letter? And, you know, 50 paisa, post the letter. <laughs> so very practical about, about uh, dealings with this world. And also very concerned when his Western devotees living in India, when they were doing construction, for example, they didn't speak Hindi, they didn't understand the culture, and sometimes they would get uh, cheated by the contractors who were doing the construction. And Prabhupada was very concerned about that. So sometimes uh, his feet were definitely on the ground, but going at the age of 70 with no money, the name of one person in Butler, Pennsylvania, who he's never met before, uh, and starting a spiritual movement that spread all over the world in 11 years, that was the blue boy factor uh, on steroids. Uh, so usually what we try to do is alternate between men and women. So the ladies, next question. 
they don't have a question due to still recovering from Mother's Day, we can go to uh, this Prabhu. Okay, microphone? So I can. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. So yes. But hold the mic to, like that. In addition to what Prabhu said, uh, was it practical or not? But I think that some of the uh, people born like that, they are born with their purva karma. Yes. And they're actually ready to do that job, and that's when they are given that job, right? Exactly. Very so. nice. Thank you. And uh, right here, blue mic. For the blue boy factor, blue mic. Yeah, hold like this. It's a green light. I'll do it. I think the battery is low. Okay, so then you can repeat. Maybe. All right, I'll repeat. When something bad happens? Some accident, yeah. And, you know, we see slowly, okay, like that person is saved, you know, by Krishna's grace, okay, at least he's there. We understand that fact, but still there is a pain in our heart for right. that person. Right. So that's all, like... Yeah, well, uh, yes, I mean, it, there's, uh, again, like we were talking about, there's different levels. Certainly, as human beings, when we see someone else in pain, we, f we feel, you know, that in, in, uh, as a devotee, we are supposed to be... Para dukkha dukhi. That means that we feel pain when we see others in pain. Because one of the greatest qualities that we're trying to cultivate is one of compassion. Right? So, uh, now how to uh, express compassion is, is a big question. Right? We, we do show one, I mean, depending on the situation, being someone's friend is one of the best ways to show compassion. Right? Let's say someone's really going through a lot of suffering, and we just we immediately with kind of, you know, philosophically we're right, but emotionally we're like totally out of touch with reality. So we go up to them and say, "It's just you know I know you broke your leg in ten places and you know you're held up in bed like this, but that's Krishna's mercy, Prabhu. <laughs> you know." And they, if they could, they feel like giving you a little Krishna's mercy, <laughs> right? Right. So, although it's true. That, thing, that, that when bad things happen to us, there often is a silver lining and some uh, a lesson in that. But it's, it, we have to usually walk with a person, not push them, <laughs> uh, in order to help them come to that understanding. Uh, because that understanding that when bad things happen to us, um, that we actually respect, we offer our obeisances to the Lord. It could have been a lot worse, but Krishna's minimized it. That consciousness, it's said in the in Srimad Bhagavatam, is the consciousness of someone who is tremendously spiritual. So to come to that is usually a process rather than an event. And so we help people come to that process. We help people think philosophically. One of the great gifts that we can give the world is philosophy. Right? It's not um, the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita is so profound and can give such solace. Because that's the real thing is, is uh, it's not so much what happens to us, it's how we react to what happens to us that really uh, gauges our happiness or distress. So in such situations, we, uh, we can befriend someone and 
give them, uh, spoon feed them as much philosophy as they can take considering they may be in great pain or situation. And I find that especially amongst like devotees, without us having to preach to them, they know, they, we come to the realization, oh yes, that was, you know, I have to remember Krishna in this situation. But it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, when everything's going great, oh, it's, Christian, it's God's mercy. When things go a little tough, that's when, uh, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? We have to really be philosophical and devotional. And by doing that, as I said earlier, it, we make tremendous steps in our spiritual progress. Is that all right? Ladies? Any ladies? Yes? Prematurangani Devi. Now she's going to ask this question, but she can also answer it herself because she, she <laughs> knows the scriptures true. better than me. Go ahead. That's not true at all. Uh, but I want to hear um, what you might say to because I find it often that somebody who's going through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty, and each of them feel like you know tsunamis, you know, tsunamis. literally. And one is really trying to take steps towards Krishna, but there's a tsunami after a tsunami in their life. I find that it's very difficult to sometimes really give that kind of support or faith that, you know, Krishna is there. It seems, you know, like I try all possible things, but then it's like they just kind of... Like, I don't see Krishna. Look, look, look what's happening. You know, like, look at this person. They're doing so much nonsense. But Krishna's there for them. <laughs> and He's giving them so many resources, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. I usually just tell them, get over it. No, no, I don't do that. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, on my phone, I, we have caller ID, right? So um, often in my job, most people are calling me with a problem that they have. But when I know the person who's calling and... I, you know, I, and I know that we have a fun, joking relationship. I usually say, you know, Ombud's office, uh, whatever the problem is, just get over it. <laughs> and they get a good laugh, and it kind of makes their day. Um, it is not easy. Um, also, uh, it's not easy to have that bigger eternal picture, right? And, and, and you know... Um, to know that when we're going through something, it's temporary. This body's temporary. This life—I've had so many different bodies. I've had so many mothers and fathers. I've, you know, but I'm making this one thing, this this molehill, to be this huge mountain. Obviously, you know, you, you, that doesn't work, and it doesn't really help a person, right? Um, it's just like in in uh, Krishna consciousness. If we want to, if if encouraging someone. Patting them on the back will bring them closer to Krishna. We pat them on the back. If sometimes giving them a little bit of, you know, chastisement will bring them closer to Krishna, we give them some chastisement. We're not attached to the patting on the back or the chastisement. We're attached to trying to help them. So that's, again, where the practical comes in, you know. So what helps that person? Uh, sometimes it's just being empathetic and just saying, wow, this must really be hard. This must, I can imagine this must really sometimes even test your faith. Uh, because, you know, this happened, and then two months later that happened, and three months later that happened, and, and to just give them a chance to vent and get things off their chest. And, and like I said, generally, someone who has some uh, remembrance of Bhagavad Gita, often they come to the spiritual conclusion, and all we're doing is kind of holding their hand um, throughout that. Um, but it is, uh, 
you know, Srila Prabhupada, has, although obviously such tremendous spiritual vision, he would sometimes write letters to his disciples telling them how to take care of their health. You know, take this medicine and take that medicine. And he would sign every one of his letters, I hope this meets you in good health. Right? So again, head in the clouds but feet totally on the ground. And, and we feel for people who are suffering. And yet we understand, as we're trying to make the point in this discussion, that ultimately it's not what happens, it's how we react that will really judge our happiness and distress. Um, and that one can be, and ultimately one can be going through the most, the greatest difficulties and uh, be peaceful. And that's actually one of the greatest gifts of Krishna consciousness that we're trying to provide through Prabhupada's teaching, through Krishna's teachings. That's actually the greatest gift, you know, that, or one of the greatest gifts. That whatever happens, ups and downs and over and out, and whatever happens to us in life, if we, if we remember the blue boy and we take shelter of him, the, uh, we actually don't suffer. Physically we may, but spiritually we're in, we're in this amazing space. And that is such a tremendous gift because people suffer so much. Uh, uh, in one place, Srila Prabhupada writes that the mental diseases in, in this age are worse than the physical ones. Right? And, and I see that at work every day. Someone comes to me and, and in my mind I'm thinking, this is a small thing, but they've made this mountain out of it and it's, it's huge to them. And I can't just say, I get over it, you know. It's huge. So the mind it creates so many distresses in this world. So if our mind is fixed on Krishna, um, we can pass over all obstacles of conditioned life by his mercy. Is that all right? Uh, yes. Next. Man, woman, man, woman. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. But we'll, you'll be next, I promise, before we end. <laughs> so, uh, Prabhu, this is like uh, one point I want to make. And then the question, uh, on the decision, you were saying like uh, whenever person take the decision, the six different head. There's different? Six different head. Oh, the six hats. Yeah, yes. six hats, <laughs> yeah. So uh, my thing is that like uh, whenever anybody is making any decision, they make the best decision. They do make the best they, decision, I wish. They think actually. They, like, at that time, think. then they find out later. It was, yeah, every, yeah. <laughs> everybody is making everyday decision, but they think that is the best decision. They try to make the best and decision. And then they take the advice from the trusted person to the you know, best thing. Yes. But again, those are not a good decisions. Later on, they realize like, okay, many yes. of them is not good. Yes. So, uh, so how you will, you know, will justify whether your decision is good. You, we don't know because we don't know the future. We don't have... We're so not even though you are thinking about those six heads? Yeah. We, we, we do our best, but we don't know the future, right? But at least if we've done our best and made a good conscious effort and we've checked our motives and we've you know, uh, consulted with the scriptures and we consulted with a trusted person, then we can at least take shelter of the fact that we did our best. And that's all we can ask for ourselves in this life. We don't know about the future. You know, Srila uh, Prabhupada would try something that didn't work out. He'd try something else, so that, even to great souls. So we, but if we have done our best, that's what we can be asked to do. Okay, yes, uh, in the back there. If you are in pain and misery, but you don't have to lose faith in God, and feel that he is always there with you and he will take all your pain. 
I have experienced in my life. Um, could someone help me. I didn't catch the first part. Yeah, give it to Karen. Give the microphone to Karen. I think she said if you're in pain and suffering, extreme, that, and you believe in Krishna or have a faith, you can get through. Yes, can and I she's had that experience in her life. Could I make a comment on her comment? Uh, I'll think about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we sit here, you know, and people say, oh, this happened because of Krishna. You know, as a beginner coming here, and I thought, that's kind of interesting. Kind of takes the weight off your shoulder a little bit. But on the other hand... In America, we have food, we have water, we have our, our basic needs. Right. The kids in Syria that are getting chemical bombs on them, right. funded by Iran, and the Clintons gave them money, or the dictator yes. in North Korea. Right. Well, that's and he's a, starving all his people. I don't. I was waiting for this question to come up. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> we have like two minutes left. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, or the Holocaust. There's an easy yeah. one. In, right. in modern so, times, in America. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very good point. Um, in the Gita, Krishna says, Chatur Varnyam Ayashristam Guna Karma Vibhagasa Tasyakataram Apimam Vidhi Akataram Aviyam. So, what he's saying there is that he creates this world, he creates the, the, uh, you know, the air to breathe and the food to eat and all that. Uh, um, we have our free will. And because we, have, we exercise our free will, we have our karma. We have our you know, good and bad things that we have done in previous lives that fructify in this life. And he says that he doesn't take, he, because of the free will, he doesn't take responsibility for how we act and the reactions that we get. But he does always keep the door open to turn to him. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. We could get into it in much more detail because it's a very, very important question that you're bringing up because it is a great question of faith. But that's it in a nutshell that, we, that our free will, and we have no idea what we've done in past lives. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a big topic. But thank you for asking that. And thank you for asking. I think it's the last question of the day. Is that right? So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you, uh, Vraj 